Good morning. Welcome to Resurrection Church. How is everyone doing? Doing great. Hello to everyone here and everyone who may be watching online. We are glad that you have tuned in. I think we need to do a, a praise and worship prayer night, if possible. Can we turn off the uh, the fans? It's the the switch back there. Um, turn off the the fans. That would be great. I think it's a little windy here. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going through the book of Hebrews. We are progressing uh, further along into this wonderful book. This wonderful book. We're mainly going to look at Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 3. But I'm going to get a, a little bit of a running start. Verse 7 is what I'm going to start with. He, in the days of his flesh, offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save his, him from death, for he was heard because of his reverence. And although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered and became to all those who obey the source of eternal life, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now this is where we're starting today. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you, have, you ought to be teachers... You have need, for, again, for somebody to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God and have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes of milk only is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. Therefore, Leaving behind the elementary teachings of the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of teaching about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Now I'm stopping here because the next section is a very tricky section about potential apostasy. What he's going to do from this from verse 4 on, he's going to stop using the uh, second uh, personal p- pronoun, you, right? And he's going to say about once they or somebody. Uh, from verse 4 on, he goes, uh, and for this case, having been enlightened, those who have been enlightened. He goes on from there. We'll talk about that next week. In verse 9, he picks up. He goes, but I'm convinced about you about other things, about good things, okay? This section actually starts at verse 11 and ends actually in verse 12. If you skip on down to verse 11, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize a full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not become dull. That's the key word of the section, dull in verse 11 and uh, of, of chapter uh, 5 and dull of chapter 12, of, of chapter 6, verse 12, that you may not become dull, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, what's going on here? Okay, so far he has, he is addressing 
the church in, uh, of the, uh, the Hebrews, the, uh, most of them have a Jewish background. They've come from Judaism. Uh, there's a lot of indications. Of course, this whole argument is, is that Jesus is greater than anything you would find in Judaism. Some of them are thinking about going back. Uh, they have faced difficulties, and they're rethinking. Maybe Jesus didn't come back the way or when he, you know, he thought, you know, they thought things would go better. And so he said, Jesus is a better option than anything you would ever think of. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. And then he just introduced, he's better than the Aaronic, the priests that were in the Old Testament. He's going to then develop in chapter 7, his explanation of the priesthood of Jesus from chapter 7 to like chapter 10 is a major section of Jesus' priesthood. But he's, gonna, he's pausing here because he realizes that, that, that he needs to address something within this, within this church. Uh, these, he, has, he has argued wonderful things about Christ but this is a little bit of an exhortation section. The, the genre from verse 11 to verse, uh, uh, to verse um, uh, uh, 12 of the following chapter is exhortation. He'll go back to then sort of his argument in chapter 7. Okay? The question here, though, is, and his, the, the thrust of what he's going to say here is, let us press on to maturity. For some reason, this church, the members of this church that he's talking to, have regressed. That they have, they have, they have gone backwards. Um, they have, they have not grown. And it's not going to be an issue of intelligence. He, they, he's already argued from verse chapter chapters one through five that they're greatly intelligent because they're following his argument. His argument is very. Uh, I mean, it's clear to us as we're going through and they're able to follow along. He'll continue that argument in chapter 7 and through the rest of the book. It's not a matter that they don't know intellectually. Something else is going on. How is it that some people can go to church for many years and never grow? I, do you know people like that? Baby Christians who are who've been going to church for 20 years, and they're still infants. How is that possible? He, he's going to hint at that. He's going to sort of look at that. And it starts with how you hear. Look at verse 11. Concerning him, let me explain that. The word him is in the Greek, it's neuter. It could refer to, uh, it could refer to possibly Melchizedek or Christ, but a lot of commentaries think it refers to the priesthood of Christ. Concerning this priesthood of Christ in relation to Melchizedek, it's hard to explain. It's not hard to explain because you guys don't understand things. It's hard to explain because it's deep material. This is deep. I'm going about to go. I'm about to go deeper with you guys, but I feel like I'm going to lose you unless I address what's going on in your lives. For considering him, who we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing now dull i don't like that word dull it's kind of boring <laughs> it's dull I, how how'd you like that movie it was dull it was boring how'd you like that speaker he was dull no no it means to be sluggish to be unwilling to hear um it's it's sort of the opposite look go back to chapter four 
because this whole idea of hearing, he is, he's mentioned this idea of hearing and how you hear uh, several times. Like if you go, well, chapter 3, verse uh, 15, look at this. Chapter 3, 15. While it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Right? Uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 2. For indeed we have had good news proclaimed to us, just as they also, but the word, so they had good news proclaimed. They've heard the good news, but the word that was heard did not profit those who were not united with faith among those who heard. It, it, didn't, it didn't register with them. They heard it. I, mean, I know people, personally, I know people that have gone to church for years and years and years and years. They have sat under good teaching. They've, they've come, they're professional listeners, and they're baby Christians. Not just the, I mean, with, with, yeah, with their understanding, but how they live their life. And it's like, how is that even possible? Now, what he's doing here, he's using irony. He's using irony to, to sort of get their attention. Not to shame them, but sort of just like to get their attention. You know, that's why he says later on, let's, hey, let's, let's not lay the foundations again. That's important. We'll get to that in a second. But let's press on the maturity. Okay? In fact, uh, so look at uh, the dullest of hearing. And I'll, and I'll explain uh, the word there means to, to, be, um, um, un- to be reluctant to hear. Uh, it means to have a, I couldn't care less attitude. I've heard this before, Pastor. I've read this before. I know what, it's, what the Word of God says. That's the idea. Don't bore me again with the same things I know. I know, impress me. That's the, that's the attitude. It's an attitude. They're not receptive. I mean, all of us have been there, right? You read a portion of the scripture, and you're just like, oh yeah, I know, I can just do that. And he's like, no, 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 that's where, that's where the problem starts. It starts with how you hear. He says, I just read the text, he says, you guys have regressed such that you need milk. You're, you're, wearing, you're wearing diapers again and drinking babies, your mother's milk. Now, if we saw, I think there's people today, they have some sort of something going on where they're walking around. They're, you see that? Where they, they want to be treated like a baby until they wear di- diapers. Grown adults. I, it's, 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 it's a thing. It's funny. It's, it's a thing. They wear diapers and they, they wear baby's clothes and they have bottles. And they're grown adults. And we look and say, there's something wrong with that, right? And he's saying that to these people. You guys are like, you need milk again. You need to be, I mean, it's funny, okay, if you have, I don't have grandkids, but if I did, if I had a grandkid or if you had a little baby and you're playing with the baby and you're like, oh, and you take the little, and you pretend like you're putting a pacifier and you're being funny and they say, grandpa, don't do that, you know, that's, you know, and they know it's silly, they know it's funny, but in this case, he's like, no, you guys are really doing this spiritually. You guys have gone backwards. It starts with how you hear. It starts with how you, how you hear and listen to God's word. Not just in preaching, yes, 
but even your own reading and your own in your own private time with the Lord. What attitude do you have when you hear the God, Word of God being preached? What attitude do you have when you open up God's Word? Is it, teach me, Lord, feed me, Lord, help me to grow, Lord? Or is it, oh, I've done that before, I've done that before. You know, is it like that? Or is it eagerness to sit at the Lord's feet and say, I want to know, keep growing, keep, keep coming, keep it coming, Lord, I want more. They have reached a point where they couldn't care less. In fact, go back to go to chapter chapter uh, chapter six, verse twelve. He uses the same word. Uh, it's nothroi. If you want to, you know, write down Greek words in English, it's nothroi um, to become sluggish. To be goes so that. We desire, verse 11, that you show the same diligence. When you, when you were listening to want to learn, there's diligence to be receptive uh, so as to re- realize the full assurance of hope so that you may not become dull, but, contrast, imitators of those who through faith and, patient and, uh, and patience inherit the promise. They have been stunted. And he says, I cannot move on and telling you about the deeper things of the Lord, if you're going to be listening with a I don't care attitude. I remember I was, at a, I was at a church here in town. We were visiting big church, very large church. Um, and I, the preacher, the pastor, uh, he, I don't think he was a teacher. He was more like his order background. And we were visitors. And I, you know, and... And I'm listening, you know, and I'm, you know, of course, you're a visitor, so you want to give full attention to, you know, you don't know the man's history. So you're like, hey, he's teaching the word God. So I'm, and, and as a preacher, and I have compassion on somebody that is doing, this is, I know what it takes. So I, you know, I know he's, he's wrestling with, with trying to explain, wrestling with trying to preach. And, and I'm, I'm leaning in, and this is not to make me the hero of the story. It's just more of, and if it is, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I didn't want to do that. Um, but I was eager to hear. I was eager to hear. I, and I was tracking with the guy. And I was like, yeah, I see where he got that. Oh, he's going here. I understand. We go. And I'm looking around. And people, guys looking at his watch like, would you hurry up? I got a, a tea time to get to or something like that. Just the, the disinterest. Now, not, you guys are very attentive, so I'm blessed with that. But, but it shocked me. I had compassion. Like, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you, bro. I want to hear this. And I'm looking around and the, the apathy was everywhere. Like this is just one more check mark in their, in their thing. They're just going to, to, to take up space somewhere and then just, they did their duty, I got, I, you know, and it, 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 was, it was, it grieved me. And this is the word of God. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is of eternal significance and consequence. When you get to heaven, you're going to look back and say, yeah, his word is actually true. It actually, he meant every word he said. 
I should have been more, I should have paid attention. I should have, <laughs> I should have, I should have. And it's the fact that God has chosen to use the foolishness of preaching to, to do spiritual things, to, to declare the word. And these people who are listening couldn't care less. And they know better intellectually. But something about the attitude has happened where they become disinterested. That's why he says back in chapter 2, in verse 1, in Hebrews 2, 1, he goes, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. If we're in an airplane and there's engine trouble and we got some parachutes and you've never parachuted before and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you this once. Here's how you use the parachute. You are going to give me full attention because you get it one time. Not like when you go flying today and the person's doing their whole seatbelt thing. Come on, how many of us tune the guy out because we... We don't think we'll ever get into that situation. God forbid that we ever would have a situation where the mask drop. You don't have a lot of time to put that mask on. You better... That's your life. They're teaching you how to, be, how to stay alive. When... Seatbelt's the first thing. Mask's the second thing. You know, Crash position, another thing. That's your life. By the way, when I sit and I go to play, I sit in the emergency extra row, I always look at the thing. Because I'm like, if you're, on the pl- if you're on the wing, land back. That means you get off the, wi- the wing, the, the thing, like, land back, water forward, or something like that. I always try to remember, because I take it seriously. Anyway, where am I going with this? Good for you, John, right? Good for you. The problem is how we listen. With attention or no attention, maturity in the Lord always starts with how you hear or listen to the Word of God. And immaturity begins there as well. All of us should be growing, maturing. Even those of us who be, we're, we're, we, people who, you know, who've been walking with the Lord, all the more eager to grow in Him. The Pur- there's a Puritan uh, pastor, Richard Baxter, in his directions for profitably hearing the Word preached, gives wise advice for all Christians. He says, quote, Make it your work with diligence to apply the word as you are hearing it. Cast not all upon the minister as those that will go no further than they are carried as by force. Like, Don't depend on the pa- pa- preacher to do your spirituality for you. You have work to do. We'll get to that in a second. You have work to do as well as the preacher and should all the time be as busy as he. You must open your mouths and digest it for another cannot digest it for you. Therefore, be all the while at work and a poor and idle heart in hearing as well as an idle minister. It's how you listen actively. It's when you read. Lord, let me, when I'm reading your word, let me not go past a verse or a word or section without asking, Lord, teach me, feed me, help me understand, help me know how, this li- how to live this. 
Merely occupying a space in a church does nothing. Because if what you hear in here or reading at home doesn't affect out there, it's, it doesn't affect how you believe, how you think. That's why we're memorizing Scripture. Most of us know 50 songs by heart. I probably know 50, 100 songs. I mean, more. We, we know them all by heart. Which one, is, which one feeds your soul? That's why we're getting into the Word. So he says, Concerning him, we have much to say, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing, sluggish, In fact, <clears throat> I mean, just... And, and what you hear is important because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. It's like manna. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Like Matthew 13, Jesus says it. Go to Matthew 13. I didn't... I just... just thinking right now. Are you guys tracking? Or am I, am I preaching to the choir? Yeah, and so is he, right? Sometimes the choir needs to be preaching to, but I'm trusting that God is speaking to you guys and speaking to me as well. I want to grow. I don't know about you, but I want to grow. I never want to be apathetic. But like Matthew 13, he says, um, oh, like in verse, uh, I'm, just, I'm just reading in this, in this verse 12, because talking about the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, For verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have even what he is will be taken away from him. And, and, and I'm using this as an illustration of, of what do you do with your knowledge of God's word? What do you do with what you're under, reading, understanding? How is it impacting your life? And here, back in Hebrews, they knew it intellectually, but they forgot it. And that's why he says, you guys need to go back and have somebody teach you the elementary principles of Christ of the oracles, oracles of God, rather. Uh, Paul says, um, it gives uh, commendation to the church of Thessalon, uh, Thessaloniki, or the Thessalonians, that's what it's called today. He says uh, in Thessalonians, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this reason we also thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but for what it really is, the word of God, which performs its work in you who believe. You, were, you listened differently and you received it. And he's telling these, these people in the, the Hebrews, listen, you guys were there. You guys understood. You guys, this is not like you. Right, go to chapter 10. Go to chapter 10 of Hebrews. We're back in Hebrews. Like in, in Hebrews 10, he reminds them, like in verse, um, let's say chapter 10, yeah, verse, like verse 32. Watch this. Uh, Hebrews 10, 32. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering. You got saved and then you endured because there was difficulties that were happening. Um, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, verse 33, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and afflictions and partly by becoming shares with those who were so treated. And you show, for you also showed sympathy to the prisoners, accepted with, with joy the seizure of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourselves a better and lasting possession. You were in it. You believed and then 
Things happened and you endured. You were partners with those. You were publicly a spectacle. You were, you were, you were, um, you shared with those who were also treated badly as well. What's going on back in chapter five is they've retreated from that. Obviously, the chapter 10 is later on, but you re- they retreated from that. They backed away. They, they be isolated themselves. And that's the difference here. When things got really tough, some people retreat. And that's what they were doing. They were... I don't understand... Christ- now, I'm an introvert, like a lot of us here. But God does not call us to live away from people or to retreat. We have territory of the enemy's land to conquer, to claim for God, right? I'm sorry if, I, if I'm preaching too much. Maybe I should go back to teaching. I'm fine, okay. Go back to... Um, Verse uh, chapter 5. Are we still in verse 11? Yes, I guess so. Verse 12. <laughs> okay. There was an unwillingness of them to go further in their lives. So spiritual, they were becoming spiritually immature. They were regressing. He says in verse 12, For though by this time you ought to become teachers. Now, the implication of verse 11 is you can't, you've become dull. They weren't always dull of hearing. Uh, he says, by this time you ought to become teachers. You, 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 you have enough stuff, but you've, now you've come to re- go back to receive. By this time you ought to become teachers, and you have need again for someone to give you the elementary principles. You should have been in a position where you are sharing. Now, not necessarily in a, in a teaching like what I'm doing now, but sharing with others, of getting involved with people that God has put in your life. All of us in this room know enough Bible to go out there and, and be impactful for God, right? All of us. Now, maybe some need some refreshing on some of the foundational stuff. But we all are in a position where all of us in this room should have disciples and, and disciples. All of us in the room should have at least one person that we can impact and share and speak into. We're, we're, we're not young. Maybe some of us are young in the Lord. Okay, I'll guarantee that. But a lot of us in this room are mature in the Lord. For though by this time you ought to become teachers, you ought to be you ought to be sharing that. You, you this this is not the progression of things to go backwards. The progression is you get saved, you learn the basics, you get healing. You, you don't continue, you don't stop learning, right? So let me just don't let me just clarify that we're always continue. Mature Christians are always learners. Mature, the sign of maturity is that you're you're wanting to learn, you're wanting to grow. But maturity is going past just the basics. And this is what happened here. They went back to try to hear the basics. They knew it. 
they were afraid of putting the basics into practice. See, as you grow into maturity in the Lord, He calls you deeper and deeper into areas of deeper trust. Look at, look at the previous section. We're in the context. Uh, look at the section, uh, chapter 5, verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Christ offered up prayers and supplications. Okay, he was Verse 8, though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things which he what? Suffered. And being made perfect, that word is also the word for mature. He became to those who obey the source, him the source of eternal salvation. So it's not a matter of, of learning the basics again. Now it's a matter of doing something with those basics. Of now walking in trust with the Lord. And that's why now all of us are in different places. God often brings you into areas of deeper and deeper commitment, surrender, trust, denial of self, of sacrifice of love, you know, the deeper things of God, right? Faithfulness when, when your husband or wife is not being faithful or they're being crazy or the kids aren't, you know, the, 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 the commitment to stay, to say, I'm going to stay in this marriage though my wife and my husband is crazy or they're, they're not believers, they don't follow Jesus, I'm going to stay. That's deeper, that's mature, In fact, maturity says it's less about me. It's more about what I can do for others, right? Look at, look at 1 Corinthians. This is, Paul addresses this in the, in the Corinthian church. Corinthian church was, if you've been to Corinth, Corinth was like worse than Las Vegas and other parts of, I mean, it was just, it was just, they were really, really into stuff, okay? I'll just leave it at that. You could go and tour it and they, it's crazy, but they were, they were very carnal, and if you read the Corinthian letters, they could start up and say, I, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. I'm, he's my pre- preacher, is, is Peter. And, you know, and all this stuff. And Paul says, that's heresy. Did Christ die for you or did these men die for you? Well, I follow Pastor so-and-so on, in, in California because he's, he's not your pastor. He's just a rock star that you like to follow because other people are following him. And this, I'm, no, no, I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just, words are coming out of my mouth, okay? I can't control the words coming out of my mouth, okay? It's good. I'm a fan of pastors all over the country. But the point here is that they were now verging on, I'm in this camp and he's better than you. And he's, and, well, Paul's boring, at least Apollos can speak. The man's eloquent. He knows his Greek and he knows his Bible. He probably wrote Hebrews. So I'm with Apollos, right? And all these little... Sc- and they're, playing, they're probably playing cards. You know, the ladies are getting together. They're playing bridge or poker or whatever the ladies play, you know. And, and, they're, you know, and of course, the, the person who has the trump card is, well, I'm with Jesus. Ooh, you know. Like, it's like, and that was going on. You know, it's this attitude. And he's like, he's like, Really? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, uh, Brothers, I, 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 I was not able to speak to you as spiritual men, as mature, or as some people like to say, mature. I say mature, okay? As mature, who says mature? I can't pronounce that word. Mature, it's a, love, it's a lovely way of saying it. As mature men, but as fleshly, 
as fleshly as to what? Infants. Ah, oh, drinking a bottle again. How do infants behave? I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, you're not even still not able now. For you're still fleshly. He explains this. What does fleshly look like? Since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not still fleshly and walking like men? That's what babies do, right? That's my toy. That's my thing, you know. This is my, you know, mine, mine. My favorite word, right? First word. Not mom and daddy, it's mine. The problem, though, is when you are spiritually immature, you become morally immature as well. There is a direct relationship between your spiritual maturity and moral. And he's saying, you guys are morally immature because you're spiritually immature. What's the sign of maturity? Well, not jealousy and strife. No, 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 no. In fact, he continues. Look, verse 4. For one says, I'm of Paul, another of, I'm of Apollos. Are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? What, what, who is Paul? What is Paul? The servants who you believed, even as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God caused the growth. So then neither of us, uh, neither one who plants or the one who waters is anything but God. Don't worship the man. Worship the God behind the man. Because the man doesn't make the difference. There's nothing special about the man. It's God. He goes on from there. Maturity is about self-denial. It's about love despite what it makes you feel. It's about unity. It's about denying the self. Go back to Hebrews. So he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you've come to need milk and not solid food. For the one who drinks of milk only, now milk's good, right? Milk's good. Milk is still healthy. Let's just not talk about the dairy debate and all that, whether you're lactose intolerant or dairy sensitive. Let's just, let's just the illustration, milk is good, right? When you're a baby, you drink mom's milk, Right? And you grew, and you were fed. And milk is easy to take in and easy to digest. And here you ought to be teachers. You ought to be, in, be out there. Exercising what God's given you. You ought, to be, you ought to be in such a place where others are now hearing from you, not you hearing from others. Amen. Are you guys tracking with me? All right. I know. I'm, I don't want to come across as harsh. So, okay, okay. This is a hard passage. Not compared to next week's passage, but it's a hard passage. You know. For everyone who partakes in milk only is not accustomed. They're not used to meat. They're not used to the word of righteousness. The word accustomed means to be, uh, to 
to lack knowledge or capacity to do something or to be inexperienced with. Now, what is he talking about here? You're not accustomed or you're not experienced to the word of righteousness. I think the word, now in context, the word of righteousness, I think he's going into the deeper things of God, but the word of righteousness is more than, you know, basics like justification by faith, the fact that Christ is our righteousness, those are all true, but I think the word of righteousness is here, the application of those things into your life. See, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to wake them up and say, you guys are drinking mama's milk and you're in diapers. Let's press on the maturity. Let's put to practice what's lived, what you have learned. That's why he's able to continue. He doesn't have to explain the basics again. They know the basics. But it's a matter now, can I walk in trust with the Lord, with what God has shown me? For everyone who drinks of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. They're not used to it. But solid food, here's the answer. Here's the answer. The solid food is for the mature. There's a difference between milk and meat. Between milk and solid food. Milk you take in easily. Solid food or meat, you got to chew on, right? How many guys like a good steak? Come on, filet, medium well. Good steak, medium rare. That's, that's, a, that's an abomination there, brother. <laughs> that's false doctrine. <laughs> but a good solid food is you got to take time to chew on it, right? You got to, and don't take your time when you're eating good stuff, right? When you're, if you're at a nice restaurant and you're eating you're eating a good steak and you're, you're chewing, and then you have to, it causes you to slow down. And then, the, and then you have to digest it, right? Meteor things, Meet, not meteor, but meteor. It sounds like I'm saying meteor. Meteor, is that a word, meteor? Meteor, things of God. This is the answer to spiritual um, apathy, of spiritual immaturity, is listening with the intent to learn and listening with the intent to do something with what you're hearing. And not putting it off later on, but saying, God, right now, what am I doing with this? Are there things you've read in Scripture that you know are to be true, but you haven't done anything with it? You haven't acted on them? Are there promises? Are there commands that God has told you that you just kind of ignored. That leads to spiritual immaturity. That's why some people can be at church for many years and still be baby Christians because it goes one year out the other. They think they've done their job. They say, well, I said a prayer way back when, but if you said a prayer and you became born again and you 20 years later were still an infant, people would say, there's something radically wrong with this picture. Because the idea of being born is not to stay young, it's to grow and mature and to walk in the things of God and to impact others for God. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make your fishers men. You know how to fish fish now, but you follow me and I'm going to change your life. But the idea is not, I decide to follow Jesus, but you're still standing there. The key word is follow. Christianity is an active thing, right? We follow Jesus actively. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the past of what... That's great you said a prayer. That's great you surrendered. But it's got to be a daily surrender, doesn't it? A daily 
I'm going to trust you today, God. A daily, I'm facing this today, God. I have no idea how this, but I'm going to. It's always a daily test to whether you're going to trust God or not. Yesterday was yesterday. Today's new day. You trust him with your yesterdays and you trust him with your tomorrows. But he says, today, this day, right now, follow me. Don't think about other people. Think about you right now. Because God is more interested in you right now than anything else. He says, you follow me. You, Peter, follow me. Forget about John. So how you hear and how you listen is streaming important. And then actually doing something. And the church here he's talking to have known it and they've backed away. You ought to be teachers. In fact, you... Chapter 10, you guys were the ones who were out there. You were with the prisoners. You were being persecuted. You weren't afraid of getting in the thick of it, but somehow you've gotten afraid. Somehow you've backed away. Somehow you've retreated and say, well, I'm just, I'm just a private Christian now, and I'm just, I'm just to myself, and I'm... Right? No, that's regressing. We've got work to do. Solid food, the, the, the food that is solid, that's, that takes hard work and patience, meditating on, searching the scriptures, and seeking God for more insight, and saying, Lord, help me to live this. It takes work, it takes discipline. Oh, I hate those words, right? Oh, work and discipline. It's like when you, you, you want to get in shape, right? So let's say you're overweight, and you, 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 you order yourself Nutrisystem. Not a plug for initiative. And they send you all their food and it's in your pantry. And then you order the, the thigh master, leg thing, treadmill, the gazelle, who's the guy, <laughs> Tony Little. You order all the extra stuff. You become members of all the greatest gyms in the world. You know, you got the right food, you got the right exercise equipment. And you sit there watch TV, TV and you play your video games and you feel terrible. What good is that? Unless you open it up and eat right. Unless you go and you put in the hard work of actually exercising. In fact, he uses the word here uh, for, um, I think it's the word, um, um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, for train, right? Look at, look at verse, um, where am I at here? What verse am I on? Verse 14. See, this is the key verse, right? This is a key verse. Solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, who, because they have actually have now put it to practice. They've actually done They're taking the steps. They're going out. They're waking up at 5 a.m. to put their steps in for their, their two-mile run or something, you know. They, they have put to practice both practically or morally, spiritually, and they, their senses are trained, trained. The word trained there is gymnazo. From which you get gymnasium, which, of course... It's discipline. You become mature, your maturity grows as you hear God's word with the idea of learning and put it and be disciplined to put into practice and say, okay, God's telling me to stop these things. God is telling me to hold on to these promises. God is telling me to trust him in these areas, to exercise. God's telling me to, to, to venture out and say, you know, the lady that's at Starbucks that I see every time I go get a coffee, her name is, you know, such as, Lord, help me to be, have enough boldness to say, hey, I'm praying for you today. Or something like, to go out to step out of the boat and actually do something that is scary where I have to lean on you and allow you to exercise my faith. I mean, the little things, right? 
I'm preaching to the choir. But the choir needs preaching to, doesn't it? I'm preaching to myself. Because I want to grow. I want to grow. I want guys, I want to grow. And I want to come to my end of my life and God says, okay, these people were impacted by your life. Not just what you said, but what you did. How you prayed for it, how you interact. And that meant something. This whole Lone Ranger Christianity, you know, I'm just going to watch it online. I'm going to avoid people. That's not Christian. Because guess what? In heaven, you're not going to be able to avoid people. I tried. Right? I mean, I mean, I tried. I understand there's times you need to be away from people. I get that, right? But it's unhealthy. And it's unnatural to say, I'll never interact with people. I don't like people. That's not Christ-like. Yeah, you can always t- your, your, your tank is only so... I, I get that. I'm the same way. But God wants to transform your life. He wants to t- go, take you beyond your comfort zone. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. The solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained. The idea of practice, of course, is practice that leads to maturity, a practice for repetition, a practice of doing it. And sometimes when you practice, you fail. You're not, you're not perfect, but you keep doing it. You keep trying. Those who, uh, who eat solid food are mature they learn how to discern, to discern good and evil. Now let me tell you something. There's a difference between the spiritually immature infants and the, and the spiritually mature adults. The key here is discerning good and evil, right? What do babies do? A baby will take an object, any object, and do what with it? Put it in his mouth, Right? They'll take any object and just, they'll just like, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. Anything. Oh, is that food? Oh, that's food. I was, a, I was, a, I was, I don't know how, how old I was, but I was little and it was Christmas time and the Christmas tree is up and there was a red, shiny ball on the Christmas tree. And I went and grabbed the ball because I thought it was food. It was red, it was shiny. And I want this with it. I showed down. It was glass. And my dad. It's one of those memories you remember. You're 50 some odd years old. And there's only key memories. That's one of the memories I remember. I don't know how I was. He stuck his finger in my mouth. And I started crying because I don't remember. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, and it's glass. You know. I was an infant. Now, as adults, we're more discerning, right? We read food labels, right? I can't have this. I can't have that. I care. I got to be careful what I put into me. I'm more discerning of what if, is this going to be good for me or bad for me. You got to be discerning who you listen to, who you read. Who influence, who's, who's, whose thoughts and ideas are coming to you? I mean, what preachers are you listening to besides yours truly? <laughs> Go home and check out what I say, yes. Be like the Bereans who actually say, hey, this isn't... And yeah, I'm, 
hey, I want to, if, if I see something that's wrong, please point it out. And I'll be like, hey, but be careful, be discerning on who you listen to. Oh, they're popular. Everyone follows them. Everybody, everybody, everybody goes through her conferences. Really? Be careful. Just be wise. Be discerning. Don't be infants. You've learned how to discern between good and evil because of practice and failure. He's like, well, I used to do this, but then I realized it got me to that. And like, I'm not going to, I've learned, I've grown. That's good. I'm maturing. Things used to upset me. I would get all rattled and worried and the, the world's going to end and everything else. I'm like, well, God is in control. You know, when you're older and mature, you react more calmly to things, right? When you are mature in the Lord, you, are, you react more calmly. When you're young, it's like everything's a fire that has to be put out. Everything is, is the end of the world. But when you're mature, it's sort of like, all right, God's got this. Not to be flippant, but you learned through experience of seeing him be faithful, you've learned, God, you have not let me down. I used to be afraid that you would not show up, but you, have sh you show up every time. I'm learning to trust you on the front end rather than the back end. It used to be I get all worried and all kinds of stuff, and then I finally come around to trust you, but now you're teaching me how to trust you more initially because you've grown right you've matured and so what he's telling these hebrew church here he goes in fact he says in verse and i'll, I'll speed on through verse uh, chapter six real fast therefore leaving behind leaving the elementary teachings about the christ let's press on to maturity we don't need to lay the foundation of re now the things he's going to mention in verse two and three uh, verse 2 rather, are the basics of the faith. Watch this. He says, not laying again the foundation. Doesn't mean the foundation. In fact, the foundation is important. Let me just pause. If some people don't have the foundation together, okay, so let's work on that. Learn the basics of the faith. Learn the, the true, the, the, who Jesus is. Jesus, you know, what, what God is like. What, salvation by faith through grace. Justification by faith. You know, think, the basics of the faith. Learn those, yes. Not leave them, but build upon those and live. So he says, not... Uh, 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 where am I at? Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God. That's the beginning of your salvation. You repented, you came to God of teaching about washing. That's also teaching about, about baptism. So things that happen initially. It's also, uh, uh, because the audience is Jewish, they would have gotten some of the, uh, the, the, the ritual rites of, 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 uh, from their background as well. But the idea is of, of here is, is, is baptism. Of laying on of hands. That has to do with many things, but one of the mo most things is early on, it was receiving of the Holy Spirit by laying of hands. Now, he's speaking of things that are happening at the beginning of salvation. You repent, you have faith, you get baptized, you get the Holy Spirit, 
And then he speaks of the things at the end. Resurrection of the dead. And eternal. He's talking about all this. These are foundational things. Let's press on to maturity. Put the faith to practice. And we will be able to do this, verse 3, if God permits. And I'm going to stop there. Spiritual maturity, he's going to say, he's been saying, it starts with how you hear and what you do with what you hear and to grow by putting to practice what you're learning. I pray that everyone here matures in the Lord. I pray that everyone here knows, learns how to discern good from evil, right from wrong, wise from unwise, right? Learns how to follow Jesus daily, surrendering to Him, seeking Him, trusting Him. That's my prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that Your Word is is relevant. It's applicable. It's powerful. It, it feeds us. It it speaks to us, Lord. Let it, uh, let it be that, that we become eager listeners. Help us to grow, Lord. Learning more about You. Learning how to follow Jesus who, though He was a Son, He learned obedience through the things which He suffered. And having become perfect... He has become to all of us who obey Him the source of salvation eternally. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room would grow, that we would become teachers, Lord, that we would have people in our lives. Perhaps there's somebody that you're thinking of right now or people that you want to, to impact. Lord, I pray that right now that you would speak to our hearts, God. Stir us up, Lord, to go forward in maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up? You guys are you guys are great. You're very patient with my imperfections and my immaturities. And uh, my desire is always to my prayer is Lord. Help me not just to teach people, but help me to know how to shepherd your flock. Help me to know how to, how to care and how to lead the flock and how to pray for the flock. And, and you guys, we all belong to him, right? And help me to know how to minister. Each one of us have different needs, you know, and different issues and things. Lord, help me to know how to be gracious to that person, to those people, and to... And then the other thing is, help me to know, also know how to encourage them. See, Paul says in, in Ephesians, he says, God has given teachers and pastors and teachers and evangelists and you know, pastors to equip the saints to the work of the ministry, right? And he says, as a result of the teaching, so they, they will not be, I'm paraphrasing, I should be reading it, um, they won't be, Back and forth, right? They'll be well taught. Paul tells Timothy, you know, be devoted to the word and, and nourish yourself and, and teach them, right? So that they're well taught. And the idea is healthiness and growth and maturity. A mature sheep will reproduce. A mature flock will grow and be healthy. 
That's my prayer. And, and let it be that God raises up fellow workers and fellow, because it's not all on me. I'm just one person. But it, let it be, Lord, that we all rise up to the occasion of, okay, Lord, what is it? Let me be in prayer. For, how is that, what does that look like? That's why I see for our church. You know? God is raising up the rest of us. You know? Anyway. Let me pronounce a blessing on you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you all next time.